thankful to be in church on Resurrection Sunday. If you don't know what that is, it's just simply the, the day that Jesus raised from the grave. Well, it's the day that we know that he wasn't in the tomb anyway. And we're very thankful for that day, that's for sure. It is, in my opinion, the greatest event in history that mankind had ever known. And that is when Jesus, this whole weekend, when Jesus suffered on the cross, was buried in a borrowed tomb, and then he raised on the third day. Today, as we celebrate this Resurrection Sunday, I wonder um, what it really means to us today. You see, the entire death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, it demands a response from everybody. And over the course of the last three weeks, I've been teaching, preaching, whatever you want to call it, on the response at the cross. I've been talking about three type of responses at the cross of Calvary. And in our modern era, we have reduced the power of the cross to less than what it really is. And um, we've reduced it to chains that, crosses that hang around our necks, and, and uh, we've reduced it to tattoos, we've reduced it to emblems on top of buildings and um, people are you see all the time the people found a cross in the sky and the clouds and they post it on social media and, and all them kind of things that's a good thing bro that's rejoicement in case you didn't know it so we got a basement full of kids today, so that's a great thing. Let's give God a good hand for that. And those who may be listening on our podcast later, that don't mean we're hiding them in the basement. That means we that's our Sunday school classes down there. So, <laughs> But this cross that Bethany so beautifully sung about a while ago, the old rugged cross, it's been reduced to just a symbol. And everybody is going to respond to that cross, whether we believe it or not. And even if you don't have a response to the cross today, you're still responding. Amen. Because no response is still a response. So how about us here today? As Bethany sung that song today, I've seen some sing with tears running down their eyes. I've seen some I don't even know if you knew what she was singing or not. How did it affect you when you heard the song sung? How will what I'm talking about today, being Easter uh, weekend and Resurrection Sunday, how is it going to affect us today? When you find yourself at the foot of the cross, how will you respond to that cross? Amen. The first week of this, I talked about gamblers at the foot of the cross. John 19, 23 through 24, it said the soldiers, when they had crucified Jesus, they took his garments and they made four parts and uh, they took his coat and they took and they cast lots for that, that garment. They gambled at 
the foot of the cross. Are we the gambler here today? Are you gambling with this only life that we have while the end time is playing out in front of our very eyes? Are you gambling that maybe you've got another week? Maybe you've got another day? Maybe you've got just a little bit longer and then you'll try to get your life where it needs to be. Are you gambling maybe that the life that you're living is good enough or, or, or maybe that just uh, uh, what you're doing is okay. It's okay to maybe uh, be mad at that person and maybe it's okay to, to uh, uh, not forgive this one but to forgive this other one. Maybe, maybe it's okay to, uh, to do this and to do that. And I, I could go all, all day long with that and I, I got an entire message on that. You can go back a few weeks and you can listen to that in its entirety. But I, I do want to cross some of today because there are people that's at the foot of the cross just like the soldiers and they're gambling at the foot of the cross. Are you responding to the cross with a gamble of the only life that God has given you? Amen. Listen, when this life is over that we're living right now, when you breathe your last breath, guess what? You're not getting no more breaths. It's over. Then it's eternity. And there's only two places, sweetheart. We're either going to spend eternity in heaven or we're going to spend eternity in hell. So is, are we gambling on the fact that our life uh, is okay where we are? Are we responding at the cross with a gamble of our life? Then last week I talked about the watchers at the cross. Matthew 27, 36 says, And sitting down, they watched him there. Are you a watcher at the cross? I'm talking about three different responses. The first is the gambler. The second here is the watcher. And I've not told anybody what the third one yet is, but I will tell you that just a little bit. But are, are you a watcher? You see the soldiers after they gambled for uh, his garment there. And after he, he took his last breath, and after he said in my text that I read today, uh, after he said, it, it, it is finished, and he, and he bowed his head, and he gave up the ghost. After he'd done that, the, the, the soldier's responsibilities was to stand there and watch until they died. That was the responsibility of the soldiers after they crucified somebody. They're supposed to stand there and watch and make sure that he died. And sadly, there are so many today that, that that's where they are right now. They are among us. Is, is that on that, that awful day that they just are watching. Many of us forget that that day really did happen. That that day really did affect all eternity that we're in right now. Somebody says, well, it, it has, it's had no bearing on my life. The cross doesn't matter. Jesus being crucified and died, it didn't affect me. Yes, honey, it affected you. Even that person that claims to be an atheist and said, I don't even believe in God. Guess what? They're still feeling the effects of that day that Jesus died on that cross. Whether they want to respond to it or not. And you're just sitting back and watching, hoping everything will be okay. We forget and we just watch. We prove that by our choices and our priorities. We put us first, God second, third, fourth, or even on down the line. We forget by the way we live our lifestyles and our attitudes towards life itself. We just watch Him on the cross. No, we don't have a cross in front of us here today. 
But I want to tell you today that we are on the edge of the greatest biblical event that has ever happened since Jesus was crucified on that cross. Can't you see it? Are we so blind that we can't see what's happening? Today we're in church, but last year we wasn't. Yeah, I know it's real. I know it's a pandemic. I know there's people, your friends and my friends, has died because of the coronavirus. But can't you see the, the agenda that's been driven in the middle of it where it's attacking the church? Can't you see the new administration that's going on right now that's attacking uh, the church in its entirety? Uh, can't, can't we see what's going on? They're, they're doing everything they can to try to keep us from worshiping this new Equality Act that's out there right now. It is, it is basic. Is, uh, is, it is an attack against the church where eventually they can put somebody like me in jail for preaching the word of God. And, I, and I'm going to tell you right now, that may very well happen if the Lord don't come back because I'm going to keep on preaching the word of God, preaching the truth of the word. And if it puts me in jail, are you going to be still standing and watching? Are you going to have something for yourself? Are you going to respond to the cross in such a way that you've got something for yourself? See, over the, over the last uh, year, we have seen so so many people just become watchers in the church. We've made it real easy. I mentioned the fact that uh, last year on Easter, uh, we, me and my wife and my kids uh, were here and we we done Easter from here while you sat at home or wherever you were watching our Easter broadcast because they wouldn't allow us all to be in church together because of the pandemic. But since then, I've seen so many. That's all they have become is just a watcher. They sit back. I'll catch it on the I'll catch it on the live feed. And I'll be honest with you. I've been not, I'm not I've been not streaming it live anymore because I want you hungry enough to come to the house of God. I'm not going to make it easy for you to miss church and just sit at home and watch it. So somebody says, where's the live feed been? That's where it's been. I'll just be honest with you. I quit doing it because I want you to be here. I don't want to make it easy for you to sit at home and just be a watcher, praise God, because we, we've got too many that, that I, I've heard them say, Pastor, I can't be there today but I'll catch the live feed or I'll watch it late, later. And I'm thankful for technology. I am recording it right now. I'll put it on our podcast and somebody can, maybe you can go back and listen to it or share it with somebody else but I'm thankful to be in the house of God I'm thankful the house of God is open on this Easter and we cannot afford to be a cross watcher any more than we can afford just to be a Sunday Christian hallelujah we've all got a cross to carry in our lives we can't be cross watchers but we got to be a cross carrier not just on Sundays but every day yes cross bearers brother and we must bear the cross must Jesus bear the cross by himself himself no there's a cross for everyone there's a cross for you there's a cross for me Jesus said in Matthew 20, uh, 16 24 and 27 he said to his disciples if any man come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whosoever shall save his life shall lose it and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it for what uh, is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul and what shall a man give in exchange for his soul for the son of man shall come and the glory as far as angels and then he shall reward every man according to his works we can't be a cross watcher but we all must bear the cross on our shoulders and be about the kingdom's business we are running out of time what will our response be to the cross today you see, the cross is our saving hope. It's the only thing that's going to save us. What happened on that cross, Brother, Brother Ronnie, is the only thing that's going to save us. Amen. The beauty and the wonder of the sacrifice of Jesus. 
It was for me and you that we could have our sins washed away by the shedding of the blood of Jesus. Jesus is what the cross was all about. And today, no matter how much hell tries to tell you that you're no good, that there's no hope, the cross is about redeeming every broken part of our life. Every broken part of our life is the cross. That's what the purpose of the cross was. And no matter how much you feel dirty, and no matter how unfit you feel today, Jesus will accept you and save you from all your sins. Not part of them, but all of them. Because everyone needs a Savior. Everybody needs to be saved from their sins. Yes, even the preacher. Yes, even the best saint that's been in church all their life. And there's never been a man like Jesus. You see, Jesus endured a brutal scourging during His trial. They said that the scourging alone sometimes was fatal before they were ever put to a cross. The Roman scourge was carried on by, uh, it, was, it was called a scourge, but it had a wooden handle and had several long Leashes of leather attached to it. And each of those leather straps had on it a piece of glass, metal, bone, or some other hard object that was attached to it. And then the victim, in this case was Jesus, was tied to a post with her arms stretched high. Just high enough that their feet barely would touch the ground. Therefore, causing their body to be stretched and their skin to be tight. And then they would take that, that scourging and while their feet dangling there and in the backside of the victim, in this case was Jesus, was naked from the head to the toe. Didn't have no clothes on, honey. He was standing there naked. You may see, we may see him in the pictures depicted with a loincloth. No, our Savior wasn't standing there with no loincloth. He was naked from his head to his toe and he was standing there in his bare skin the backside of him and then they would take that scourge and they would come down on him with that whip and they begin to scourge him and each blow they were skillfully laid on top of each other diagonally that the back would be ripped from the head to the toe with extreme force and when that, that scourge sometimes would even latch into the body of Jesus and then they would take and just give it a little jerk and rip some of the flesh out yeah I know I've seen some of you wince when I said that but that's literally what happened and he done that for us out he done that for us the skin was literally torn away and a lot of times often the muscles was deeply lacerated real deep and it was uh, and it was not uncommon as i said for a lot of those to penetrate deep and get into the kidneys and get into the, some of the organs and the the blood would just begin to flow and a lot of times they would never make it from that point never make it to a cross sister janet Many of them died from extreme shock just from the flogging that they got. And then Jesus was to pack that cross. The cross that Bethany sung about. To where he could hang that cross and die. But Brother Eddie, Jesus was beat to the point he couldn't even pack the cross. They had to get a man by the name of Simon. I talked about him last week and a little more detail. You can go back and listen to that on the podcast. But he had to pack it for Jesus because Jesus was beat so bad he couldn't pack it. But once on that hill, Jesus was laid down on that cross. 
And Sister Linda, they took nails, not nails, they took spikes. And they drove them into his wrist. History says it would have been in the wrist, not the hand necessarily, but the wrist was considered part of the hand, according to historians. And they strategically stuck it in a spot that it would pinch, it would uh, cause nerves, to, the nerves to go crazy in his body. And they had the nails in his hands and the nails in his feet. And they had it strategically put, they hang him there strategically, Brother Zach, in such a position that, that he could put enough weight on his feet. But when he'd done that, the nails in his feet would shoot pain through his body because of the nerve endings that they was going through. And he'd have to let off in that every once in a while and let the pain go to his arms. The nails that hang him would hang him on the... Uh, the nails that the, the spikes that hung him on the cross with his hands and, and when he put the pressure on his hands then it would shoot pain through his body from that direction so no matter where he was at he was in pain and that's not counting the pain of the lashing the cross somebody say the cross and despite his great physical suffering Jesus responded with words of mercy and grace from the cross. Luke records that Jesus said, Luke 23 and 34, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. With his nails in his hands nailed to the cross, Jesus extended forgiveness to a dying thief that was on the side of him. In Luke 24 and 43, he said, surely I tell you today, you'll be with me in paradise, hanging on that cross after suffering so much. Luke 24 and 23 and 46, it said, at his death, Jesus cried out, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. The judgment of God fell on Jesus as he bore our guilt, our shame. The physical darkness that fell on that on the world that day. It was a representation of all the sin. Of us. It was transferred. When he hung his head and died. Darkness went across the nation. The world. You know what that darkness was? It was sin coming out of your life. There was sin coming out of lives that was before us. Sin from every man that was ever born or ever will be born. That's why it got so dark that day because all that sin came rushing to where Jesus was and it laid on top of Jesus. Jesus absorbed all the eternal wrath that, that, uh, of God upon that cross. And the Bible said that he who knew no sin became sin for us. He became our substitute. You were supposed to have been hanging on that cross for your sins. You were the one that was supposed to suffer for all that. And, 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 and at that cross, while all that was happening, there was somebody gambling. And today it's still happening. And there's some that was just watching. But today I want to conclude this with what should be the response of everybody at the cross. What we really need is somebody to be a worshiper. Are you going to gamble at the cross? Are you going to just watch at the cross? Are you going to become a worshiper? You see, the worshiper is the one who's committed to the cross no matter what happens. This third response that I'm talking about today, is a, it is a response of commitment. That Lord, I'm going to be there for you. 
Luke 23 and 49, we read this. And all of his acquaintances, okay, this is the people that he knew that was close to Jesus. And the women that followed him from Galilee stood afar off, beholding all these things. Luke told us that all those that usually was his closer inner circle, they, they watched from a distance. At Luke's gospel, he's telling us these close people watched the cross from a distance. But in my opening text today, we see in John, he says something else. That's why it's a beautiful thing. We have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you don't know what those are, they are the Gospels. It's four different men telling their depiction of what happened in Jesus' life. And I'm thankful that we have John's Gospel because he lets us know. Because you just read Luke's Gospel, it looks like these people just left Jesus out there by himself. But John lets us know that no, they didn't just leave them by himself because it says that they were so close to the cross they could hear the words of Jesus. At first they stood at a distance, but then they moved closer and closer to the cross. And that is what you and I need to do with the cross because first, at first look at the cross, it can be offensive. It can with the blood and, and the slaughter and, and, and the things that Jesus is asking us to bear across ourselves. It can be offensive and it's not always something comfortable at the cross, but but our response should be, you know what? He loves me anyway. And Sister Joyce, we need to just get a little closer and keep getting closer and closer because that's what happens when you're a worshiper. You just want to get closer to Him. You just want to draw a little bit closer. We must move closer and closer to the cross of Jesus. Hallelujah. With an absolute commitment to Him. Praise God. We must be committed, so committed to Jesus that we're willing to go anywhere, do anything, pay any price, Christ that, that might be, praise God, to be fully a committed uh, worshiper and follower of Jesus. That's what a worshiper is. Amen. It doesn't matter. You know what? Uh, right now, uh, I said, I think the National Basketball, uh, NCAA Basketball Championship, I think, is tomorrow. I don't even, not, I don't even know who's in it for sure. I just kind of checked out from all that this year. Somebody might say, well, you're not a true fan. Evidently, I must not be a true fan because a true fan, I know the, uh, not, uh, the uh, uh, UK basketball team, it doesn't matter where they play at, they'll go anywhere to follow their basketball team. Now, this year, they still can't do it because of this crazy pandemic we got going on. But before this, a true basketball fan, they would travel to Alaska, they'd travel to Hawaii, they'd travel anywhere they could just to follow their team because that's what a worshiper is. Amen. Right? Somebody who loves their favorite musician, what do they do? They don't want to sit in the back, do they? They want to get as close to the front as they can get so they can see their favorite singer. They can see their favorite team. And this is what we need to do. It doesn't matter, you know, if their teams are winning or losing or if it's, uh, their singer, if it's a good night for them or an off night, the fan just want to be close to them. You know what they do? They wear their team's favorite colors. They, they're a fan. It doesn't matter. And that's how it should be for us if we're a worshiper at the cross. Hallelujah. I want everybody to know that I'm a fan of Jesus. I want to get as close as I can to him. I want everybody to know that I'm committed to him. I love him. And today, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, it demands a response from us. 
You can shut me out today if you want. You can think I just if I can just get out of here and I can help my kids hunt some eggs, or I can just get out of here, I'll come back another time. Are you going to gamble on that? Will there be another time? Or, or preacher, I'm just, I'm watching, I'm observing. I, I'm taking it in. I'm going to see what happens. We've got to understand that the sacrifice of Jesus is the only hope for salvation. Amen. We cannot gamble on salvation. We can't just watch the cross that brings us salvation and not do anything about it. Amen. Because you're going to respond no matter what, how you respond. Is everybody's going to respond. No doubt there's more responses. These are just the ones I chose to use for this little series that I'm doing. But the response that we really need at the cross of Calvary is we need to be worshipers at the cross. Amen. No, we cannot worship the cross. A lot of people worship the cross and other things. Sister Michelle, we've got to worship the one who hung on the cross for us. Will you respond to the cross with a commitment to follow Jesus and be his disciple? Jesus was the God-man. He was fully God and he was fully man. As man, he was able to die for our sins. But as God, he was able to offer a limitless sacrifice for the sins of the world. And that includes us, Sister Janet. And this Easter weekend, it's all about redeeming. It should be all about redeeming mankind from their sins. I'll be honest, I don't know how it was right in Marion, but we went to Evansville, and we went to Henderson, even went to Princeton. We was trying to find Easter eggs that um, we could have to put out for our kids. And I, I couldn't find Easter eggs. We couldn't find baskets. We couldn't find bunnies. So somebody's doing something somewhere. I hope it's some big church somewhere. I'm afraid, though, it could just be somebody's backyard. And we made it all about Easter's and bunnies instead of being in the house of God. But this weekend is all about redeeming mankind from their sins. And I'm so glad you chose to be in God's house today. And I truly think that, 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 that we're here today not just for the Easter eggs and the bunnies. I think we're here because we love God or you wouldn't have showed up. And I'm thankful that you're here. But we cannot forget that the gospel, the gospel is all about what this weekend is about. The cross of Calvary, it is to save us from our sins. I, I'm fixing to be done. But the cross of Calvary is about saving us from our sins. It's the gospel. What this weekend, this Easter weekend is about, it's about the gospel. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 1 through 4. He said, Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. Listen to what he says about the gospel, which by which also you are saved if you keep in memory what I preached unto you unless you believed in vain. So he's telling us that we can believe in vain also. So don't believe in vain. You know what the believers in vain is? That's the gamblers. He said, For I deliver to you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ, he's telling us what the gospel is right here, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Now let me pause there. So many people said that's all the gospel is about is the Jesus dying on the cross. I, I said this many times in case you've never heard it. Let me say it again today. 
I'm thankful that the gospel is not just about Jesus dying on the cross. Because if that's all the gospel is, we're in trouble. The gospel, when He shed blood, that's where our sins was paid for. But He done more than that. And Paul goes on and then tells us that he, the gospel also is in that He was buried. And that... I'm going to tell you today, if Jesus dying on the cross and being buried is all the gospel about is about, then that's bad news. That's not good news. That means our God is dead and he's still buried in a grave. Well, there's some other people's gods that's like that, but our God isn't like that. And, 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 and uh, Paul goes on to tell us what the rest of the gospel is. That he was buried and that he rose again on the third day. That's what this day is about. According to the scriptures. That's what the gospel is really about. The fact that he died for our sins. He was buried in a grave. And he resurrected. How will you respond to the cross today? Are you going to gamble with the cross? That is meant to save you. By walking out of the church one more time. Without turning your life over to Jesus completely. Maybe you're just here. Going to watch as the world gets worse and worse. And continue to watch until the end unfolds in front of you. And you're standing there watching the saints go up. And you're saying, what about me? Or will we respond with worship by drawing closer to the cross? So close. Now I want you to catch this, okay? The Bible says in, in this, this verse that I read here. When Jesus saw his mother and his disciples. It's behind me. Whom he loved, he saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. Catch this picture, okay? They just beat him to the point that the scripture says you couldn't even recognize who he was. How many times you walked in the house or you've been in a fight, whatever the case was, you got to raise your hand. I know some of us have been in fights in our life, right? And you didn't have breath to hardly even speak. You were so tired. Now you imagine Jesus hanging on the cross. How low his voice was in trying to speak. They had to get close to him, Zach. Amen. And that's what we need to get close enough that we can hear Jesus whisper to us today. And how do we respond to that cross? Will you respond to the cross with repentance? Have you repented of your sins with godly sorrow? Not just words, but repentance. Real repentance is putting a death to our sin. That, meant, that means we stopped sinning. When Jesus died on the cross, it was a type of us repenting, okay? This is what this is all about. This is what, God, this is what Paul said. This is the gospel. The fact that he died, he was buried, and he was resurrected. Peter said in Acts 2.38, that repent and be When they asked, what, can we, what must we do to be saved? Peter responded in Acts 2.38 by saying, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus. That's a type of Jesus being crucified, dying on the cross. He said, repent. That's us dying out to our sins. Then he said, be baptized in the name of Jesus. That's a type of being buried in the water, a type of Jesus being buried in the tomb. 
And then he said, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, which is a type of new life, the resurrection of the infilling of the Holy Ghost in our life. When Jesus was raised from the grave by that spirit, that same spirit that raised Jesus out of the grave is the same spirit that's going to raise us up one of these days and carry us up into eternity. Hallelujah. It takes it. The gospel's not one thing, but it's three things. The death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. And it's the same thing we need. We need to die of our sins on, a, on an old-fashioned altar, and we need to be baptized according to what the Word of God says, Acts 2, 38, in the name of Jesus Christ, and we shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost that will raise us up out of our sins, praise God. That's the power that we have through the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen. And as I close today, these altars are open. I know we want to eat. I'm hungry too. I will admit I snuck some ham out before I come to church. We cooked the ham. Please forgive me. So I, I got a little ham to go on. I'm sorry if you didn't get none. And a couple meatballs, so please forgive me. <laughs> so now that I've got that off my chest, I'm giving you a chance to respond. The altars are open. What will we do today? Will we gamble? Will we watch? Or will we draw a little closer to where we can hear the Lord today? Please, we'll get into the rest of our Easter celebration, the carnal part of it here in a few moments. But could we give a moment to pray, whether you be at your seat or whether you come to this altar today, I wonder if we could give just a little bit of time to the Lord today and love Him with all 